because this is for the rasa. This is for the rasa. Rasa, rasa. This is for the rasa. This is reformed rasa. Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin right here to and his left. What up, everybody? This is Pastor Vic. Gracias, gracias. This is Reform Raza. This is the podcast where we eat cereal for breakfast and not for dessert. Dang, already. We're already getting into this or what? <laughs> now go ahead and like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. We got any if you got any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes, sit us up at reformplus at gmail.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail if you look at the description on if you're listening on app, Apple Podcast. Scroll all the way down and you will see a button where you can leave us a voicemail. And you might get played on one of our episodes. What? Check it out right there. And uh, also we're on Anchor. We're on Spotify, any major podcast streaming platforms. You can find us right there. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it is pretty dope. So in light of our recent episode, uh, we received a couple comments and a couple questions. And that we thought it would only be proper to, to go on the topic of what someone can expect from a Christ-centered church. Mm. And I, I think it's only wise and prosper that... Prosper. Proper. What? <laughs> See, it's already trying to take effect on me. <laughs> Dang, dude. The prosperity over here. But anyways, uh, yeah, so what 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 can someone expect mm-hmm. in a Christ in a church when how do you know that you're in a in a church that is focused on Jesus Christ and his gospel? What mm-hmm. we attend a, a, a these a church what can we expect when we sit in the pew or we're involved or we're a member of a, uh, congregation. Of a congregation of a christ Center church? What can we expect? And I think uh, it's only proper to hand it off to Pastor Vic over here. What up, everybody? Thank you all for listening. And a special, special shout out to all of those who voted yes that you do consider cereal a dessert. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to you guys. I see you. I see you. Blasphemy! <laughs> <laughs> hey, but just to make it clear that I won on, on the gram. More people consider cereal to not be a dessert. So, Well, to be honest, you started off already leading the people to want to vote hey, for you. You, you started off with, know. help me win this. <laughs> Straight out. Help me. Sorry, Mar- it was with a parenthesis of Martin. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyways, we want we want to get to what this episode is really about. See, because I'm gonna be talking today from from a pastor's perspective, which Whoa. is different different than a, than a member or an elder or a leader. Or, or it, it's it's different from a, a a pastor's point of view. And so to, uh, this is a very uh, a very good topic actually, because yeah. nowadays the church is just. Um, blown out what i mean by that is now uh church was the the sheep it 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 was a a legit sheep who heard the voice of god and said i want to serve god but now we're in the last days we're in the end times where where i could see that church is now mixed in with the goats and the sheep Mm -hmm. and that's something that that really you got to understand this so my goal right now is not to entertain the goats but to edify the sheep so if you're listening to this, thank you for tuning in. 
that, what can we expect from a, a Jesus-centered church? Uh, first off, we want to talk about the preaching. Mm. Because preaching, is, is, it's, it's, it's the most important part of the church. It, 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 it's, it's important. You, you, need, you need a preacher. You need a teacher. Someone who's up there and is giving you the word of God. Not a motivational speech. Not um, a, a positive thinking. No, no, no. You need to hear the word of God. The people of God need to hear the word of God. And so with that, we're going to look into some scriptures just, just so you can see biblically what a Jesus-centered church looks like. And so 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says it like this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so, obviously, the, the first thing about preaching is that it's got to come from the Word of God. Mm-hmm. There's got to be mm-hmm. a, um, a study of Scripture so that you can get into the Word of God and, uh, and, and preach straight from the Word. So, a church, the, the pastor, the preacher, needs to hold a Bible when he goes up to the pulpit. If, he, if, he's, if he's not opening up the Bible, then, then you're, not, you're not at a church. You're just at a, at, a, at a conference and you're hearing, hearing a motivational speaker. But but the man of God, the, the one who's preaching, must study biblically the word of God. Mm-hmm. All scripture. That means Old Testament, New Testament. All scripture is, is breathed out by God, the inspired word of God. And, 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 and it's, it's telling you right there that it's, it's, it's for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be, may be uh, complete. So, so here's, the, here's the thing about this, though. When it comes to the preaching, there, there's got to be three things. There's got to be the study of Scripture, the practice of Scripture, and the proclamation of Scripture. Because if you don't, if, if you're, if you're just studying the words, but but if the if if your life doesn't add up to it, then then all of the knowledge, all of the scripture that you've been studying, it it, it, it kind of like the the people who are hearing are not going to trust what you say. Mm. Your life your life is not representing what the word of God says, and and even even Paul tells Timothy uh, to watch out for you, for your doctrine and for your life because th- those who hear. Those who are hearing you, you're going to help save, ensure your self-salvation and the, those that hear you. So there's got to be a practice of scripture. Yeah. And, and so if you're not seeing this from the preacher or, or, or from the from the one that, that's that's teaching, then there's obviously going to be something wrong right there. Mm-hmm. Obviously going to be something wrong. But but he goes on to say, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is a judge of the living and the dead. And by the appearing of his kingdom. Preach the word. Preach the word. Not give motivational speeches. Not, not, not go off of your opinion, but preach what God is saying through the text. And so, uh, I mean, I mean, there, there's other ways to um, exegesis, right? Yeah. Scripture by scripture, pointing out Jesus through the scriptures. Um, it says, "Be ready in and out of season." And, and here's the thing: when it comes about preaching as well. Because the, the preacher is preaching the word of God, but, but you ha- got to hit all areas at the same time. What do I mean by that? The, the word of God is saying right here, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. 
For the time is coming when people will not endorse sound teaching, but having itch and ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers for their own passions. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, I believe that the preacher has got to rebuke, yet encourage. Yeah. Motivate, yet not a positive trip. I mean, I mean, it, it, it's 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 somewhat tough for the preacher, but that's why he needs to get into the Word of God. Amen. But he's, he needs to hit all areas: rebuke, encourage, reprove, exhort, p- being patient, and man, there's just a lot that goes into the preaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would even say if um, if the person up there, the pastor, the preacher. If you hear him talking and talking and talking and then referencing scripture here or there, um, he's not preaching from the word of God. He's uh, using the word of God to back up what he's trying to say. So let's say he's talking, he's talking and he opens up the Bible through to one verse in the middle of the of the quote unquote pe- preaching and then doesn't go back to the scripture or mentions it here and there. I would say he's literally not preaching from the word of God because he's not exegeting scripture by scripture or driving out what the what the point of what the text is trying to say. That, that's the whole point of the sermon that the, the preacher is is has the duty to drive out what the scriptures say and make it understandable and applicable to the to the listener. Mm-hmm. So if the person starts off with, you know, a story or whatever, if it's not. If it's not related to what the scripture is saying, you know, then he's just rambling. That's all he's basically doing. You know, so watch out mm-hmm. for for preachers who mention scripture only, because it 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 can be it can get deceiving and confusing to say, oh yeah, you know, the pastor he preaches from the word, but he's only opening scripture, you know, once or twice throughout the whole sermon, and he's preaching for an hour and a half. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and here's what I believe. I, I heard this from from the American Gospel, from the from the, mm-hmm. from the DVD. Y'all gotta go watch that. that that's a really good DVD. On the real. I, I heard uh, uh, one of the the um, the preachers that, that were speaking. He said this: You have to come out of the service worshiping God. Yeah. I mean, the motivational speaker is coming out. And he's being encouraged, but then right away goes down. But but the person who's hearing the word of God has to come out worshiping Him, exalting Him. So much that that even 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 the word of God, because the word of God doesn't come back void. Even so much that the day after, he's still he's still thinking about what the preacher said because the Holy Spirit's tugging at his heart. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you can you can know that that God's doing a work on the listener because he's man he's he's constantly being you know the the the, the words are constantly being being reminded in his head, and that's the Holy Spirit speaking right there. And and so you have to come out worshiping. You have to. Uh, um, you know, come out even a, 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 con, a conversion. What I mean by that is, is yeah, the Holy Spirit's convicting you, but there's got to be transformation through that mm-hmm. because yeah. there, there's power through the through the preaching. Mm-hmm. The Word of God is powerful. I was going to even add too that <clears throat> it would be a shame if the pastor goes on for you know an hour of his sermon and however long you know the the pastor goes on. And not once is the gospel mentioned. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. And and that was one thing that's pointed out in that documentary, and and even too just something that, you know, it's it's a shame because you know there are times when we do invite friends, we we are able to invite people to come to service, right? And um and and even though we shouldn't depend on just the service where they hear the gospel, 
but it would be a shame if you invite them and and they came in and they only heard tips on building their finances or they heard on tips on how to have a healthy marriage or things like that and and nothing is ever mentioned of christ there's no um call to repentance there's no none of that no challenge to 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 seek out god or repent um that that'd be a shame if that's coming from a church if anything that should be just a motivational if anything that would be declared like a, a motivational type just speech <laughs> no and and and, and the congregation should have um should have you know like faith not faith but i don't know how to put it but he should be confident that if they invite you know someone let's say someone they've been trying to mm-hmm. inviting for church for a while and then they finally come they should be confident knowing that their pastor is going to preach the gospel and that this person this visitor that hasn't hasn't come to church before they're going to hear the gospel when they come to your church yeah they should have confidence in that yeah, that's what I was, I was going to say. It's important to study the, the attributes of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the person who's listening, you don't want to just give up hell and, and wrath. And, and, you know, you have to repent or else hell and wrath. No, because through the wrath of God, you show them the mercies of God, mm-hmm. the love of God, mm-hmm. and why we need a Savior and why Jesus satisfies the soul. Not mm-hmm. so much as, 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 man, I'm coming to church, they're going to convict me, and I'm just going to be looked down upon. Um, I mean, um... Some people say like this, that the, the church is a hospital for sinners. I like to see it as as also that the church is a home home base for the soldiers. Mm. And what I mean, what do I mean by that? It's, 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 it's a community. The church is a community of believers. And so, yeah, we have to keep in mind that that, you know, there, there are new people coming in. Or probably, you know, the, the, the members are bringing in new people. And that's, and I heard it this way, too, that the gospel is just not, it's not just for unbelievers. It's for the believer as well. So yeah. we got to be constantly be reminded of the gospel, why we're here in the first place. Yes, the wrath of God, but also showing them the love of God and why God is so beautiful. And so, show them the beauties of God. I think that's something that <clears throat> we, hold, um, we hold very dear to us is that we don't graduate from the gospel. Oh, yeah. We continue to hear it because we all need to continue to remind ourselves. Um, just like in, you know, um, Exodus, Moses leads Israel out of bondage, out of Egypt. And within, you know, just a matter of days, Moses goes up, comes back down with the tablets that God had with his finger written onto stone. And right away, they're already worshiping this golden calf. They've already forgotten. Mm-hmm. And that was within just a couple of days. And then even going to the book of Judges. And if you continue on, you, you see the cycle. Men forget. Men forget. They hear it. They see it. They forget. They die. Then they, they're reminded. And, you know, it's just a cycle of forgetting and reminding, forgetting and reminding. And, and so much so, we need to continue to remind ourselves every day of this gospel. So that would go into our next one then would be... Uh, how did you put it? A gospel-centered community? Gospel-centered community. community. Yeah. Tell us about that. Because here's here's the thing. Uh, I mean, pre- the, the preaching, man, it's got, it's got to do something to the heart because at the end of the day, it's not the pastor who's saving people or the preacher who's saving people. If you're looking at it that way, that, that you're the superhero, you're looking at the Bible completely wrong. Yeah. And so you have to remember the context and that Jesus... 
Jesus is a superhero. We're the villains. You're it's not a, David. You're not David. <laughs> For real. Read the Bible. Preach the Bible in context. But with that, the the, the believer, the, the one who, who gets saved through the Holy Spirit, now mm-hmm. now there's an involvement in this in this community of believers. That's why I said, you know, some people look at the, the, the church as a hospital for sinners. I look at it as home base. Yeah. This is my, my fellow uh, brethren, my brothers, my sisters. And we're all coming together because we all have this one goal in common. And that is being partakers, fellowship with Jesus. We have this in common. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's, something, there's something different. There's something amazing when, when you walk into a room and there's... An ex gang banger. There, there is that that um, a metalhead, that, a metalhead over here. <laughs> I mean, and and even even uh, um, um, uh, in different races, yeah. because we're all one in Christ. Yeah. And so when you walk in into a, a, a room, a building, and you see all these people coming together, you got you got to kind of think what what's what's different. Yeah. Why are these all these people coming together? It's not because they're all going to go watch the latest Avengers movie. It's not because they're all, they're all maybe we might we may do that we may maybe. <laughs> but but what I'm saying what I'm saying is that the most important thing is that they all have Jesus united in Christ united in Christ mm-hmm. and so we even look at this in the book of Acts um the fellowship of the believers I mean I mean the first church right there when when Peter led three thousand people uh, to, to 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 repentance yeah and yeah. then what happened. There was a transformation right there. And let me read this, Acts 2.42, because we're going to read the scriptures today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The word of God says it like this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common. Mm-hmm. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing uh, the pr- uh, proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, not just at a building, but in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the number day by day those who were being saved. Now that's important to know that the Lord was adding to their number day by day, but but there's something radical that happened. It wasn't just a, I said a prayer one time and then, and then you know I'm saved. No, there was a life change right there. All um, the church came together as one, and daily they were meeting up together to what? To listen to the apostles' teachings. What do we have the apostles' teachings today? The Bible. Yeah. I mean, even Ephesians says that this was the goal in Christ, that there would be one that, that, you know, build up on the foundation of the of the prophets and the apostles. That's the Bible right there for us today. And daily they were, they were coming together to to hear the words of God, to to to, to understand this calling that they have, this salvation and, and to grow in the things of God. And, and, and it's, it's so much that. Now, even this portion right there, I mean, there's talking about selling your possessions. Uh, I mean, I'm not telling everybody here to sell your possessions and send us your money. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that this love that they have for each other, mm-hmm. that there was something different. There, there was there was there was uh, there was a love of the fellowship. They didn't love forsake the gathering. Of they didn't people. forsake the gathering. It wasn't just a religious duty. Mm-hmm. It, it was 
man, like these are my brothers right here. Yeah. They wanted to gather. Yes. And I, on the, well, yeah, well, I think that's very important to, to see that, that, you know, one, you know, preaching that you mentioned, and then secondly, now community, um, we aren't lone wolves. We're not lone wolves here. We're not in this by ourselves. Um, as we are in the things of God, it is only beneficial that we are plugged in to God's people, that we are in the, in the body, that we are plugged into the body. Not one member is able to survive by himself. And, and, and as we're plugged in, we're able to edify each other. We're able to share scripture with one another and actually fellowship, not just hang out and eat and talk about, you know, the game or, or what movie you saw. No, actually fellowship. Talk about scripture. Talk about things that maybe you have doubts about. Talk about things where, where you know, you're going through this, that maybe another brother or sister could lift you in prayer. Talk about things that are more edifying that can help build you in your life or in, in, in your fellow brother or sister's life. Because that's where the real fellowship is. When we're able to talk about Christ, when we're able to edify each other because God is only more so glorified by that. Now when we're together, you know, it, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's almost a type of shame too when, we're, when we gather together as brothers and sisters, we say we're fellowshipping, but yet we're just talking about a movie for an hour, you know? And I'm not saying, you know, we can't talk about anything else but the Bible. Although but we if, but if we're calling it fellowship, let's actually talk about scripture. Yeah. Let's actually talk about the things of God, especially if we're hanging out outside of church. And that's, man, I think that's one thing in in, in our church. And, and I'm not trying to say our church is better, but I'm just saying at our church, man, we stay there till late at night. Sometimes we're there till like one in the morning Serious. just talking. We're we're actually having and we have and we have service in the early morning. No, I'm <laughs> no, no, no. We're actually having like, we have night services, but still gospel-centered conversations. Yeah. Like we're talking about um, you know doctrinal things in the Bible. We're talking about things that come up. You know, we talk about you know anything pertaining to the church community. Everything that pertaining to the word, that's, that's, that's what our discussions are mainly about. And I think also part of that, too, is in having a community is accountability, too. Yeah. Where you're able to discuss each other's shortcomings without having a feeling of you have to hide yourself. Yeah. Or having the, the feeling of that you can't express yourself or having the worries of what if they find out about this you know struggle that i'm going through whether it's you know financial or whatever the struggle may be <clears throat> that you have to be ashamed or afraid uh of speaking out of your shortcomings for fear of judgment yeah the wrong kind of judgment because scripture does tell tell us that the judgment mm -hmm. starts at the house of the lord but, but it's not judgment towards condemnation. It's not judgment. judgment for, it's always for correction. Yeah. It's always for restoration. Mm -hmm. And there is two types of, of, of judgments. There is that judgment where where you're condemning someone or or trying to lift them up. Because in order to to see the need or see something that is maybe wrong or needs to be corrected, you have to make a judgment. Now that judgment doesn't have to necessarily be uh, something of condemnation. It could be something, well, hey, brother, I noticed that, you know, you're acting like kind of like this, you know, or like this. And then you bring it up. You're talking this on? way. Yeah. Yeah. You're yelling at your kids. 
Mm. <laughs> 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 so, so the accountability is there, and that's a good yeah. thing to, to keep each other uh, in line mm-hmm. with each other. I, th- I think that's the one thing that helped me in the very beginning when I first started coming to um, to our church is that uh, we were at a Bible study when we we used to have Bible studies with our old uh, youth leader. <clears throat> and uh, during the Bible study, he opened up saying that he struggled with porn. And from there, in my mind, I was like, I'm not the only one mm-hmm. because I was just coming to church. And I was just like, man, like, cause I mean, when you first come, you're like, man, I don't know who to tell these things to. I don't know if mm-hmm. I should open up or share this. Cause I don't know what they're going to think of me. But yeah, this man, he told me that, you know, this is something that he struggled with and that he's overcoming. And by that, I was able to, 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 to hear that and understand I'm not alone. And I was able to, to confide in, in him and, and the other brothers. Cause it was, it was a group of us guys and we were able to pray for one another and help each other with the scriptures. And I, and I thought that was that was very dope to be able to understand that, you know, because before coming into a church context, I never understood community. Mm-hmm. I never understood sharing. You know, we always learned, as, as especially for us as men, you know, keep things to yourself, get over it, move forward. You know, and, and a lot of times we, we bottle a lot of things in. We never share a lot of what we were, we're going through because we want to we don't want to seem any type of way or weak. Mm hmm. And I think the, that the world has a twisted view of that, yeah. especially if you're growing up, you know, coming from the streets, uh, especially around the homies, you know, you're kind of ashamed to express yourself for fear of being, you know, looked at as weak or being made fun of. Like you have to put on this face or this hard stance that you have to be down and this and that. And I think that could be with, you know, not not just in the in the neighborhood, but with, you know, any group of worldly friends, like you can't really express your true self so when you come to into a church context you should feel free to lay your burdens down and that kind of accountability should be um should be lifting you up knowing that you're able to lay these burdens down and express these things knowing that they're going to help you through it yeah yeah i think a a gospel-centered community is is very important and you got to know this that that you're, you're not alone I mean, sometimes we feel like if we, if if it's uh, me and Jesus against the world, and, and we kind of put the church in in that, in that world definition. Yeah. It's me and Jesus against the church, the world, and forget everybody else. But but that's not what he was it's like. That if you're looking at it that way, um, um, that's that wasn't Jesus' goal right there. Uh-huh. Jesus' goal, according to the Book of First Peter, was to make uh, a one one whole uh, um, b- building up one one new man one 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 uh, 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 nation one one race one one and that's the church coming from all different types of backgrounds all different types of nations and and all of them becoming one yeah. and so i think it's it's um I think uh, uh, Francis Chan said this in his earlier days. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he said he said this that you know the the, the person that was in the world he, he grew up about around a, you know the the gang type that that the gangs are the family and so you know he was kicking it with his homies uh, every day and, and all night and all this and then he becomes a Christian and he walks into the church and he just sees the church members just as a routine as a religious duty. And then that discouraged him and said, well, I thought that it was going to be like the game. In other words, I, I thought it was going to be, 
you know, a community. A community. <laughs> and so we, here's the importance of what I want to I want to say from that. We gotta remember not to click up. Yeah. Not to start factions. Not 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 to just have one certain certain group and then leave everybody out. But we're a community. All of us who come to church are in the same race. We struggle. And, and I like what, what somebody once said that nobody's more righteous than the other because we all have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's no room for pride or haughty eyes and looking down upon somebody else. And when, the, and when somebody's able to open up and be accountable towards you, I mean, the word of God says you who are mature should lift up the brother. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, if... if I mean, we're all, we all have the righteousness of Christ. Nobody's better than the other. But if you're mature, your 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 part is to lift the weak brother up, help him, help him to grow, and that's why it's very important that we fellowship, sharing each other the word of God, keeping each other accountable, because for, for that person that's coming in new, that's our job to 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 edify him. That's our job as a church. And that's why I, I said I said I look at it both ways. Yes, hospital for students, but don't forget that it, it's a home base for the soldiers of Christ. That they come together. Because of, of the of, of, of the battle scars that they face out there in the world. And they come together, lifting each other in prayer, encouraging each other through the word. And I believe Hebrew says this, do not neglect the gathering of God's people. Mm-mm-mm. Do not neglect the gathering of God's people. It's very, very important. Yeah. Because there, there, there is people out there that say that they don't need to go to church. They can worship God at home. My pastor's <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that can be a very dangerous position because if you're not in church... Uh, there's no accountability. Yeah. There's no one t- telling you, um, you know, it's church time. You know, get up, get dressed. Like, shout out to Reverend Rudy, how he posts his videos every Sunday. Kick shake them, them shake sheets. Kick them cobijas and make it a church today. It's a biblical command. That's really what it is. Yeah, so even even if you're a Presbyterian or Baptist or whatever it is, we're all one. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you sprinkle your babies or dunk old people, don't matter. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. Anyways, uh, so uh, so yeah, that's a beautiful thing to come together yeah. as one in body in Christ. And I think it's you know just one last remark before we move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the book of Acts, how it mentions all the people at the day of Pentecost. It says and and how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language, the Parthians, the Midis, the Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, uh, and all these, you know, places, you know, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Rome, you know, all these people came on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 souls were added to, to the church that day from all kinds of cultures that I just mentioned right there. So the first church in the book of Acts was multicultural. It wasn't just one nation of the same people, you know? It was people from all kinds of different areas, from different languages, from different cultural backgrounds. And that's the beautiful thing right there. So if your church looks like very bright or, you know, another... In other words, you know, like 
if it's just if you're only sticking to your own kind and you don't have you know different members from different walks of life or different areas then you might want to reconsider you know the who are you, who, who is the church really reaching you know what i mean because uh the body of christ is supposed to be people from different walks of life Oh man, you're just missing. You're just missing the whole point of the gospel if you're doing that. <laughs> you're, you're, man, I mean, to hear Ramari say that, oh, we don't want those kind of people at our church or oh, something yeah. like that. That that's that's you're not doing. You're not doing the will of God. You're not doing God's work. And you should check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so the next one, when we come together. And we're hearing the sound biblical preaching on the pulpit. We're fellowship, fellowship, sheeping, fellowshiping. Hey, 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 fellowshiping. Hey, hey. Uh, trademark. No one, do no one take that from me. But what, what is it that we do on the Lord's day then? Mm-hmm. Till we come together and celebrate uh, the death of Christ until He comes back, which in other words would be partaking of. Communion. The Lord's table, yeah, communion. I mean, not now. Now, for me personally, when, when, when you know, my first steps in Christ, uh, I, I, I was alone for the first couple of years. I was reading the Bible and, and reading the Word of God. Then, you know, I'm coming into the to the scene to the church, and 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 I and I see um, I, I see people doing what's called communion, right? And me, I'm just like, man, am I at, am I at a Catholic church or something? <laughs> and for me, it was new, so I, I didn't know anything. I didn't know the importance of it. Yeah. yeah. And so, communion, that 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 that's, man. Let's look at the scripture real quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys got your scriptures, but I'm, I'm gonna turn to this scripture right here, which is in First Corinthians eleven twenty three. Yep. And let me let me just let me just get there real quick. But but this this is a uh, this is important. Mm-hmm. I mean, let, let me read let me read this portion. It says, "For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.' In the same way, also he he took the cup after supper, saying, "This cup is a new covenant in my blood." Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so th- this is this is a a, 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 a communion a, a communion with, with Christ and and remembering what Jesus did on the cross for, for us. Every time we we we, we take uh, the, the unleavened bread, which is which is signifying that you know the sinless perf- uh, perfection of Jesus Christ, uh, giving Himself as a sacrifice. Every time we eat this bread, the uh, the Word of God says it right there that we do it remembering Him, remembering what He did at the cross. It wasn't just um, Him taking the whips and, and that's it. No, it's He took the wrath of God upon Himself, the punishment for that we deserved. Mm-hmm. Something that that was rightfully ours, Jesus took it upon Himself, and every time we eat of this bread, we're, we're remembering what He did. And in the same way, the cup of the new covenant in My blood, He says, "Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of Me." And so every time we're drinking the cup, the cup too, we're remembering the new covenant that He did in in His blood. Yeah. And so, I mean, that 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 that's a. Um, that's a biblical 
I'd say that's a biblical command right there. That we have to partake in this. Because Jesus said, if you don't do this, you, you don't you have no you have no part you you don't have partaking with me. Like in other words, you don't have fellowship with me if you're not doing this. Yeah. Remembering what the Lord did on that day. And the word of God says, do this, do this, commandment, do this, and remember me. Taking part of, of the Lord of the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. And so when we are involved in these types of things, uh, the preaching of God's word, um, taking part of the sacraments, um, this is what is also called the means of grace, meaning through these are the things by which the these are the means through which God gives grace. So when mm-hmm. we are actually doing these things, we are actually partaking in the grace of God because you know we're 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 sinners doomed to hell and. The fact that we are able to come together at the Lord's table is grace in itself that he allowed a wicked people to be justified, sanctified, adopted, and be partakers of his own table. You know, uh, eating of his body, drinking of his blood, and being able to be part of the family and communion of God. And so that's a beautiful thing, you know, Um, someone that was, you know, doomed and destined to an eternal torment has now come to receive the grace of God. And it's a privilege, excuse me, it's a privilege to to partake in the celebration because that's what it is. It's a celebration of the gospel. It's a celebration of the hope that we have in Christ. It's a reminder of why we even come together as a church, as a community to, to partake in this activity. It's, you know, it's only through the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And then I would even add out partly towards communion is even um, the practice of baptisms. Mm. Yeah. Um, of course, we know we we don't have any hand in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as that is all God. But encouraging those who do believe to do partake in the water, the, 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 the water baptism, the water, the water, the water <laughs> baptism. <laughs> Where's the interpreter at? <laughs> to partake in water baptism so that they are able to, to, to not, not only just remind themselves, but to show those around them that, you know what, they're taking this seriously. This is a conversion that was done in my heart and I want to display it for everyone around me to see. And for and, and, and that would even take a step further into the community because as he is able to to or he or she is able to partake in water baptism, us as a congregation are now able to keep them accountable. This guy's for real. He he's he's ex, he's able to demonstrate what has been done in his heart. Now us as a congregation are able to come together and keep this brother or sister in um in um in, in, in accountability we're able to help encourage this, this person and we're able to help continue to to be used by god to help discipline and disciple this person and, th- and i think that's where we're, we're able to see those who are really wanting to get into the things of god and and i gotta say that that community it, it, it's it's a very very beautiful thing mm-hmm. and that's why there's a warning yeah the scripture that, that I read after it says, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner 
will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. And so, uh, it, whenever you you, you t- partake of the of the Lord's table, I mean you can't ha- be t- taking part of Satan's table either. I mean, I mean the Word of God clearly says it right there that a man ought to examine himself and not and not take it in an unworthy manner. And so, when when, when communities being uh, practiced at, at church, you don't want to do it just because everybody else is doing it. You don't want to do it just, just just to look good in front of people. You're you're passing judgment on your own self. And that, it's a very beautiful thing to partake in this, but I also. As a pastor, I have to let you know about the warnings about it, mm-hmm. because if I, if I if if I'm telling you that you know it's a commandment from God and you know for the believer and and it's a beautiful thing, but if you're not doing it in a in the right manner, then there there's 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 condemnation on your part. Yeah. And so and so don't don't take communion just because everybody else is doing it or just to not look bad. No, no. It's it's a joy and it's an honor. It's a privilege that we don't deserve, but we get to partake of this, and therefore don't don't do it in an unworthy manner. If you know that you're not serving God or you know that you're not a Christian, I would uh, advise you to skip communion because you may bring that condemnation unto yourself. Just saying, bro. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> reality. That's truth. The reality. So with that, um, man, just just in talking about these things, I realized that this list that we have could extend a lot more. <laughs> we can talk about prayer. We can, you know, talk more about baptism. Mm-hmm. And these are things that you should be seeing in, in a Christ in a church, you know, yeah. prayer, uh, baptisms, uh, preaching, fellowship, communion. But also one thing that would make... Uh, a Christ-centered church possible that is distinct from other churches that you may see is church discipline. Mm-hmm. Something that um, it's not easy, but something that has to, if you're going to be a Christ-centered church, there has to be church discipline. Yeah. Because we are sinners and we're going to mess up sometimes. Now, this is the part that <laughs> nobody likes. This is the part that Maybe some people are going to tune away from it right now. Like, okay, this is it was good until this, uh, <laughs> but no, church discipline is is needed. Mm-hmm. It, it is required because, just as you said earlier, judgment must begin in the household of God. There yeah. must start not condemnation, condemning everybody, but there must be correction. There must be honor. There must be reverence in the household of, household of God. Yeah, and so. But that's why we don't want to. We don't want to. Um, what's it called? We don't. We don't want to be hypocrites when it comes to to the church. We we don't want to be those who 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 are hearing the the words of God and you're hearing the preacher. You're saying Amen. You're you're bringing part of this community, and, and then you know you're partaking communion. But then you know you're you're going to clubs afterwards, or you're you're not doing what's proper as a Christian. Or, you know, there's sin involved in your life. And so, I mean, the church's role is to take action and not just let it slide. That's where accountability does come in. But but there's um, 
I mean, we can refer to a lot, a lot of scriptures. I'm sure you guys got a lot of scriptures, but I want to just reference this, this one scripture right here, which is Second uh, Thessalonians three fourteen. It says this: If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. And so, what I mean, what I mean by sharing that scripture is that there does the action needs to be required. Mm-hmm. The, the the person who who, who has sinned needs to know hey this is sin and this is wrong and so yes there there must be ac- action i mean in in first corinthians uh, uh, it, even paul comes at him at the church and says you know uh, uh, a man has uh, has his father's wife and you're proud of this in other words you're letting sin enter the church pa- paul says man a uh, uh, expel that person from the church I mean how can you knowing the word of God being led of the spirit allow sin to happen right in front of you it's kind of like is there no respect for God is there no more honor is there no more reverence you're not you're seeing sin taking part and you're not going to take action I mean we're it's called accountability so we're held accountable if we don't say anything, we're held accountable if, there, if there's if there's no action. I, I, and, and, you know, t- teaching his own congregation, you're held accountable if you know that there's sin taking part and, and you do nothing about it. I mean, there's extreme measurements. I mean, the scripture that, that, that I read said have nothing to do with him. Yet at the same time, don't look to him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother and let him know, look, we don't do we don't practice these things as a Christian. I mean, there's other portions, uh, other portions in the Bible, but I want, I wanted to use this to, to understand that, that that there has to be action, there has to be something extreme going on. The Word of God says it, you know, come up to Him once, twice, three times after the third time, had nothing to do with Him. Mm-hmm. But there, there's, there's discipline does need to not, does need to happen. If there's a continual practice of sin in First uh, John, it goes on to say that it's lawlessness. And then even deeper, it's the spirit of the Antichrist moving in. That's the the fear, not the fear, but that's what we're trying to help uh, prune out. If there's a continual um, practice of sin, if they don't want to hear correction, just as you said, you know, we we bring it to another person. We bring it to a a group of people, even to the point where now we bring it before the church. And if they don't want to hear us, we cast them out. We cast them out so that they they may be saved. That that uh, that now we're able to we treat them as if they were unbeliever, and we and and it's almost going on to say that we re preach the gospel to them because maybe they didn't get it. Because we can't assume everyone around us in our congregation is saved. Yeah, and so that's why we as believers need to continue to hear the gospel because at any moment, so you know, the spirit may come up upon. A person who who thought they were saved only to find out that now I'm saved I've been in church for five years I I now understand the gospel you know and then even in first Timothy 5 when we're correcting people I think one of the dangers for a lot of us who are young is sometimes we we get into our doctrine we get into 
the word a little bit more deeply and we look to the, the people that are a little bit older than us and we want to right away just jump into correcting. We want to jump into uh, pointing out faults in what they are, whatever, whatever it's teaching or even just whatever they are doing. And in 1 Timothy 5, he warns them and says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. And he's instructing, uh, well, the, the, the letter to Timothy, he's, he's reminding them that, you know, do so in a loving manner. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a way to rebuke people in, in a way that's not offensive. He's saying do so as, and, 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 and to keep in mind that, you know, and, and, and I love the way that Paul makes the distinction that for the older ones, for the older man or woman, as if they were your father or mother, we're not going to be harsh with our parents, or at least we shouldn't be, right? Yeah, because be some of us have come in broken homes and the no commandment right there, actually. Yeah. But even then, let us encourage. And, and I like how he says it. He do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him. There's there's a way to rebuke, but there's a way to do it in love, and that's the way to encourage them to to do what is right, to do what is scripture is saying. And then, of course, to to those that are younger than us, as if they were our younger brothers or sisters. And, and I think a lot of it comes off. Maybe that's why a lot of times we need to be prayed up. We need to be in our word so that we don't come off of our own personal emotion or feelings. Because sometimes we may come off a little too strong. We may come a little too harsh. And people see that and be like, man, what's, what's up with this guy? This guy's on a trip or something. I was like, no, we, we need to make sure we're doing it in a loving manner that they're able to receive. Because no one's going to receive a man yelling at them. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was, I was, I was going to add, add this to it, too. Like, nobody likes the con- confrontation. Yeah. It, it, it gets a, it gets awkward, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I like what Seven said in the song. I, I, he said this, real, real people don't don't like to kill, but they do it, though. And, and, and I reference that to this and kind of saying, I mean, we don't like to confront, but we have to do it. We, we can't we can't just let, let things slide because... If you know that some person is involved in a deep sin and is involved in the congregation, you know this person personally and you do nothing about it, it's kind of your part taking in that person's sin. And I would even add to it, it makes it even worse when you go on to tell other people about it and you still don't do anything about it. And that's just sin. That's just gossip now. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's shame. Shame on the leadership or the pastor who knows of sin going on in his congregation. And there's nothing about it. He is not uh, responsible. Uh, he's not. I don't think that person is worthy to be to stand behind the pulpit. If you're going to be preaching God's word and yet you do nothing about the sin in your church, I think that person should be sat down. Because in Hebrews twelve seven it, it says, "It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons." For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Now, this is in regards to discipline from the Lord, but as ministers, as elders, as pastors in the congregation, you are, in a, you know, have that title of proclaiming God's word and practicing uh, God's commands. So if there's sin in God's church, you must act as that represent representative on Christ's behalf to um to express the discipline going on in the congregation because ultimately church discipline it comes from the lord yeah you know if you're going to be a faithful minister of god 
you you must you know discipline that which is you know stepping out of line so it says for what son is there whom his father does not discipline if you are left without discipline in which all have participated then you are illegitimate children and not sons Damn. besides this we have we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them shall we not much more be subject to uh, the father's spirits and live for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them but he disciplines us for for our good that we may share his holiness for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those whom who have been trained by it and that's the purpose of church discipline yeah to produce the fruit of the spirit within the believer because it's like you're you're pruning that sin off you know chipping that sin off of this person that is falling short or involved in sin you want to you want to address it you want to deal with it and you want to get rid of it ultimately for the restoration of the of the believer and to save his soul you know from going deeper and deeper into this into the point where you know he might come to the point of no return or you know uh, come to the point of repro uh, being a reprobate or whatever you know yeah that's actually a very important church discipline if a church does not practice discipline i would say that church is not a christ-centered church because it must be done yeah, two things I want to say about that because on the side that 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 that, that the elder or the pastor, whoever he may be, the one who's doing the confronting, I agree that that you should do it in a loving way. You don't do it to, to put people down or to embarrass people. Yeah, or to, yeah. You know, and if you're just you disciplining that, for any yeah. reason and just oh brother, you know you you did this now you got to go cut the grass with the pair of scissors. That's not church discipline. Yeah, that's just that, abuse. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> abuse. You don't want to do it in that way. Yeah. And so, I mean, at, at the last portion of Hebrews, I mean, the, I mean, the, the word of God says says this that you know submit to those who are over you because uh, they're looking out for your soul. Yeah. I mean, the one who's doing the conf confronting, he has to come at it that way that that you care about this person's soul, you care about this person's life and and, and where he's going. And so the one who's doing the confronting should come at him in that way. Like, I'm looking out for you. I mean, you guys are parents. And, and, and I mean, I'm pretty sure it's hard when you have to discipline your own children. You, I mean, yeah. you don't want to hear those cries where it's like, man, I, got, I love you. I got to do it. I got to do it because I love you. The same way in this, if when we're confronting, we, we, we don't want, but if we love that person, we have to do it. And on the other side, if you're the one being confronted, I mean, nobody likes to be confronted in the first place either. Nobody likes that. But hear the words of the person who's confronting you. Understand that they are looking out for your soul. They're looking out for, for, for your life. And so those are the two things I want to add. The one who's confronting and the one who's being confronted. It, it does get awkward, but I mean, we, we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, and church discipline is not judgment. You know what I mean? Like how in a liberal mind state today, you're judging me, you're judging me. Sounds good. Yeah, we are judging you, but for the point of restoration. Because we don't want to see you ultimately judged by God. Because people say, people love to say, only God can judge me. Well, let's say you don't want that, eh? If God judges <laughs> you, you're going to hell. You know what I mean? 
That's not a good thing. But church discipline is to avoid that eternal judgment. That's yeah. that's what it's for. And I think lastly, one of the things we could point out in the uh, Christ centered church is the practice of evangelism. Mm-mm-mm. Now here here's the thing right th- right here. I mean, this is uh, I, I read this in, in one of uh, John MacArthur's book, The Purpose of, of a Church, that it should be a, a, a church that comes together and worships and glorifies God, a church that comes together and edifies its members. But at the same time, we have to do the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. We can't just be those people that come to a building because a building is not the church. The church is the people of God. Mm-hmm. And God and Jesus commanded us in the book of Matthew. He said it like this: "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the to the end of the age." It, it's it's very important for for, for a church. To, to go out there and spread the gospel. Because in, in this man, I mean, I still remember that evangelism conference. Man, that, that one was, man, shout out to, to, to all those that partook in that. That, that was a, a great conference. And so we are commanded to go out there and evangelize to the world. It's, 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 it's a duty, but yet it's a privilege to do this. And we do this because... Of course, yeah, God commands us, but if God has really done a work in our hearts, we have a love for the people that are that are basically they're perishing. I mean, we gotta understand this. We were once in that boat, but there's people going to hell. That, that's the reality of things. There's people are going to hell, but but our job is to go out there and and and, and tell them, wait, there's a savior. If someone can save you from this. And so it's our duty, it's our privilege to go out there and, 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 and do the work of God. We are commanded through the Bible to, to evangelize, not to just come sit in pews and, and, and be in the four walls, but to go. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. And so it's, it's very important for, for a church to, to be out there evangelizing, spreading the gospel, Bringing, bringing others to Christ, being used because ultimately God's the one that does it. But we, Oops, we got sorry. <laughs> but but um, a, a a church is 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 a church that evangelizes. That's a Jesus in the church. I mean, Jesus. That, that's all he did when he came. He he went out there and he spread the gospel. And a, a true Christian is one who evangelizes. Um, doesn't matter if you're Reformed, if you're Calvinist, if you're Lutheran, if you're Pentecostal, if you're Baptist, if you're Presbyterian, or you're Evangelist. If, if <laughs> <laughs> I, you should, the <laughs> uh, Methodist, whatever um, denomination, whatever confession, whatever uh, Christian uh, sub genre that you hold to, uh, you must be an Evangelist. Even the Belgic. <laughs> if you're Dutch reformed if you're Whatever you are uh, A true Christian uh, Doesn't matter yeah. what, what brand you are uh, You're an evangelist Yeah Every Christian must evangelize And um, it's not easy You know 
But I, I always say that I always believe this that evangelism works both ways. As you're spreading the word of God to the whether it's a stranger, to its coworker, to its a family member, whoever you're sharing the um, the gospel with, it works both ways in the sense that you're sharing the gospel and yet you're being edified at the same time. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever felt that before when you go out there and you're ministering the gospel, like you feel empowered, you feel encouraged, you feel strengthened when you're actually proclaiming the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It works both ways as you're uh, as you're, you know, sharing the gospel, you're being built up, you're being edified and if you come out like like stronger, you know. If you come out like like man like joyful, you come out, you know, almost like 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 energized in a sense you know what i mean that the the spirit just so much just does a work within yourself also as you're proclaiming god's word that it's it's like a it's like a a a a motivator and a and a like a like an energy drink kind of where it keeps you going not to compare the holy spirit to anything but that's what it does to you it kind of like like keeps you going it keeps it keeps you wanting to to do it more after you get get out of that first you know uh shy step of getting out there you man the spirit of god just takes over and you're just proclaiming god's word and you just keep on going and going and going to the point where like man we gotta keep on doing this we gotta do this again and so it works to build up the believer as well when you evangelize I think apart from uh, church discipline, I think this is one of the second most uncomfortable things to do is to go before a, a person you don't even know. You don't know how they're mm-hmm. going to respond. You don't know how they're going to react. You know, you may get someone that's like totally into it, totally receiving is like, man, I want to come to your church. Or you might get the other person who's totally opposing, who may even scream at you because they don't believe or they had a really bad experience. You know, this is something that we've experienced, too, you know, where they'll they'll start yelling and they'll take off, you know, cussing you out, whatever. You don't know what you're going to get on the street. And depending where you live, I mean, we live here in Orange County. We get a range of different people. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, this is something that that is commanded for us to do mm-hmm. we go and evangelize it's a command it's 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 a duty and a privilege mm-hmm. amen amen so as as we do this and and i think that's that's why it's even more important that we are in our word so that we know what it is we are talking about when we share it to people we're not you know first day on the job and we're telling people about this new this new insurance company we're talking we're, we're working for right because you don't see people no, they train up in, in, in those type of businesses where they had to go and, and, and prospect people, as they call it. They go and get people to join their company or, or to sign up for their, their insurance plan or whatever it is. They have to know what it is they're selling. Well, we're not selling anything. We're telling people the free grace that has been given to us. So we're going out. And so even more so than that, we are now expressing what it is we learn from the Bible, what we have read, what we have ourselves come to understand. And we're sharing the, the, the free grace. We're able to share and, 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 and just demonstrate the gospel. We're telling people that, hey, before, before, be, through the law, all of us are condemned. And that it's only by the finished work of Christ we can be saved and, 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 and um, stand before God righteous. And when we're able to share these things and, you know, I encourage you to go back to listen to our, our gospel episode if you haven't already heard it or even just the, the justification, adoption and sanctification, more so justification so that you're able to at least understand. And, and I would even encourage you even further, read your Bible, 
read the gospels you know if you start where um, I, I would i would say the the book of john is always a good uh, place to start in the gospels read through it understand what it is that you are sharing i mean and i'm saying that in, in a way that you don't look like a fool <laughs> that, that you're not out there and people are asking you questions you're just like uh i don't know uh-huh. why why do i need why do i why do i need somebody to save me uh because <laughs> i don't know man i don't I'm just, know i'm just holding the sign <laughs> they paid me to do this <laughs> no understand what it is you believe in, and, and that's only going to strengthen you in your own walk personally yeah, yeah. And, and i like how um, todd frio and ray comfort they put it they said i'm just a beggar just trying to point you to where the bread is at you know, just take that approach. And yeah, like, you know. I was gonna even say YouTube Ray Comfort, man. A lot of all his evangelism, you know, write down little tips. You know, this this guy always videotapes himself evangelizing, sharing the gospel to people, and he and he and he uses uh, a, a basic outline for his thing. And you'll notice it when you listen when you watch at least the first two videos of him just preaching to people or, or sharing the gospel. You know, pick up different tips from different people and see what works for you where you're able to present the full gospel before people. Yeah. Check out our evangelism episode that we did with the homie Lamont English. Check out. We've even done some evangelism videos on our Instagram. Check yeah. those out. And they're on Facebook as well. They're called Evangelism Raza. Just trying to proclaim the gospel to to everybody that we can find, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that. Go check out that episode. Go check out those videos. And uh, before we, we wrap up right here for for this episode, mm-hmm. if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to just um, share something with the listeners right now. In mm. regards to everything that we've been talking about, um, again, I'm coming at you at, at in, in a pastor's point of view. Not and K-Wave. Not, not K-Wave, not K-Wave or anything like that. But, but Pastor's not, perspective. Pastor's perspective, brief from Raza edition. Um, no, but but all the things that we've been talking about today, it's not to bash any church. It's not to say, well, our church is better than yours. No, we're, we're not saying this at all. We're, we're basically saying what the Bible says of what a Jesus-centered church looks like. Yeah. I mean, just like Martin said, there's... We could have gotten into so much more details. There's other things that we cannot get through to, through this episode. That's why, as Justin said, too, it's important for you to get into the Word of God. And in, in no way this episode or the episodes before this should cause division in your church. Yeah. And so I just want to put this out there just, just, just to let it be known because, I mean— I'm, we're really thankful for you guys listening and, and you're being edified, but that's the purpose that, that you as a listener be edified to, you know, to the glory of God. And, and as Justin said in the beginning of these episodes, grow as we grow. In no way, shape, or form, use these episodes to look down at your own pastor or look down on your own members. And in no way, look at the order of service in your congregation and say, well, this doesn't match up with theirs and say that this is the right way. No, every congregation is different. But importantly, all the every congregation should be preaching the word, should have a community, should be evangelizing, should practice church discipline. And there's so many other things that, you know, the community, but there's so many other things. But do not use this in a way to look down at your own pastor because coming at, at, at a pastor's point of view, man, the, the the pastor is is laboring in the word of God. The true pastors 
laboring in the word of God, staying up at night and, and, and praying for his congregation, crying out to God. And you got to remember that throughout all these things come those struggles because church discipline, the people that don't like it, talk bad about the pastor, about the pastor who's just trying to do the will of God that he's called. He, he answered the call of God upon his life. And so don't look down at your pastor, but this should be a motivation to, of course, yeah, correct the person that's, that's doing wrong. But in no way, shape, or form, look down at your own pastor. But in other words, it should encourage you to get into the Word of God and, and help out your community and your congregation. And so also, don't forget to pray for the elders and the pastors of the church. They go through so much that they will never share. And their refuge is, is God. They're the ones crying out to God. And so... I just wanted to put this out there to just you as a listener to just uh, be aware of these things. And the award goes to no, and, <laughs> no, that was good. And shout out to, to, to all the pastors who are putting in work and, yep. and really, really doing it out of heart for God and really laboring in the word. I, I, I give a shout out to you. I feel you. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I would even add to, you know, just remind yourself that the battle isn't against flesh and blood. And in, in, in the battle, the real battle is in the spiritual realm. Um, so even if you are learnt on these things and maybe you see and, and that your congregation isn't there, you know, what should you do? You should pray for your congregation. And and if you see that maybe your, your pastor is not practicing these things, bring these things to his attention in a loving way. Don't rebuke him. He's a pastor. You know, bring these things to his attention. Be like, uh, or let's say you guys don't practice evangelism. Like, Pastor, can we do more of this? Can we practice these things? You know, come to him in a way that, that is to edify and encourage him as a pastor. Because, I mean, we don't know your pastor. We don't know your congregation. We don't know where you guys are coming from. We don't know the situation. But all we could do is encourage you guys as the believers, wherever you guys are at, wherever you guys are placed, to encourage your congregation. I mean, he has us spread out for a reason. For those of us that are in the word diligently. That we are to edify each other. So let us continue to, to, to point each other back to the scriptures. Sola Scriptura, right? Let us point each other back to the scriptures and then from there build from the scriptures. Because ultimately when, when churches are going uh, different directions is because they're they're lessening their grip from the from the word of God. And they're going and they're they're holding tight to, to what everyone else wants. And so let us continue to go back to the scriptures, what scripture says about this, what scripture says about that, and, and let us build from there on, on, on how to, to, to correctly um, lead a church, to lead a congregation, to do study, to evangelize, to, to do all these things that we mentioned. And there's even more, you know, so. And I would like just to finish off with saying if you have contemplated leaving your church because you were put on reformed theology or you started getting into theology and then you, you know, quote unquote, your eyes were open and you realize that your church is not, you know, into these kind of things. Uh, let leaving your church be the very, very, very last resort. Um, as you're being put on to, you know, new theology or whatever it is that mm -hmm. you're learning that is new, uh, 
don't run away. Um, share the truth, share the truth in love and labor. It's just, it's just a calling for you to labor, to get involved, to, to, to love your brothers more yeah. because ultimately theology must leave, must lead to doxology, to mm-hmm. worship God in spirit and truth. And why wouldn't you want uh, your fellow brothers or sisters or maybe your pastor to worship God in spirit and truth also? And as long as there's no blasphemy or serious error going on behind the pulpit or church sin is sin is being ignored, um, uh, there's no reason for you for you to leave. If the gospel is being presented, if um, these things are these right things are happening in your church, and just you're not feeling the the preaching because you know you're put on you know reformed theology or you came to you know to be a Calvinist or whatever it is, pump those brakes, hold on and endure you know share the word of god share share it in love and you know because god might be using you to build up you know your fellow brothers and sisters don't run away you know it's not it's not an automatic you know no i you know i'm knowledgeable now now i gotta leave to another church that's knowledgeable like me that's just pride right there uh kick back relax uh, share the share what you have learned. That's the whole point of fellowshipping and, and being involved in the community that you share with each other what you learn through the word of God so that others may be built up. That's the whole point. You know, yeah. you're not gonna start a revolution in your church <laughs> or whatever, you know what I mean? You're not there to be like, Hey, come with me, let's overthrow the pulpit. No, that's, that's that's wrong. That's wrong right there. You know what I mean? So uh, whatever it is new that you're learning, um make it a point to share it you know what I mean? maybe uh your your fellow brothers and sisters maybe they disagree that's okay people disagree with me all the time and it's okay you're, a- you're able to to love each other to build each other up and still fellowship that's that's the whole point of the church that hey you can have disagreements even in, in doctrine yeah it's okay you know what I mean? You, you can still fellowship. You can still love each other. You can still do the things that that a Christ-centered church is supposed to be doing. And as long as the gospel is being preached behind the pulpit, and the pastor is a faithful man of God, you see him labor. You know, instead of running away, help him up. You know, ask him how how can I be more involved? How can I help? How can I do this? Excuse me. How can I contribute more? That's that's all pr- purpose behind any theological background or any you know doctrinal issue that you have is it should move you to to help out the congregation more yeah that's the whole point of it start with the gospel and grow from there yeah and pray 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 and if you didn't hear that he said to pray pray (laughs) (laughs) so this is reformed raza gracias for tuning in Don't forget to hit us up, reformrasa at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. You can hit us Whoa, up right there. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it faster. No, I'm just kidding. I can't. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and uh, I just want to say gracias for all the support and love that y'all been showing us. It's truly a blessing when we get emails or messages from a new listener or someone just hitting us up, you know, telling us, you know, encouraging us, telling us, you know, they've been encouraged and edified and now are contemplating their thinking, getting into the word more. That's the whole purpose behind Mm -hmm. this podcast. 
It's just to edify the body of Christ. May God be glorified through the edification of the saints. And don't forget to eat, to eat cereal for breakfast and not for dessert. Arrato, vato. Hey, hey. Dang, why do you got to end it like that? You think, hey. you, you think we're just going to end it? No. Hey, we're still recording, so later, guys. Chick-fil-A. No, hey, if you made it this far, go ahead and give yourselves a clap on the back. Give yourself a round of applause. Thank go. you for enjoying. Uh, this is probably one of our longest episodes. And if you have listened this far, go ahead and comment on our picture about this episode on Instagram with a thumbs up so that we know you are the yeah, real one that yeah. continue to listen all the way through the episode or comment on our Facebook. Amen. Hey, all right. Man, this Amen. is Real From Raza. We are checking now. Eat cereal for dessert, not for Peace. What's it for breakfast? You said yeah, it. You said it. All right, let's go. All right, we out. Christ resurrected being perfected our new way of life we're living stones in us he makes his home we're God's temple so we're honored to be one with the father son though we're sinful we've been set apart with a work of art we're called a holy priesthood all that's the word of God and that's an honor for all of us who believe in the cornerstone is iron who hung on the cross bleeding and whom we stand unshakable as we're seen if the turn of pace to Isaiah 28 16 a chosen race of people for his possession predestined before the foundation of earth he elected those for whom he sent his son to die for he rise though and that's the means to which we've been redeemed so now we lie folk and if we're his children and we regard him as father then it stands the reason it's his household we become a part of see we've been adopted cop with the blood of christ read it from the prophets how god feels about his bride it's right there in isaiah 62 5 so it is my prayer to convey that you and i are more than just some people with something in common we're god's people y'all we're uncommon we're more than just some people with something Something in common with God's people, y'all, we're uncommon. The church has one Lord, and that unity persists through all time. People may seek to overthrow that dimension of the church, but such efforts are destined to futility. Brothers and sisters, I insist we trek through the scriptures. Let's get a picture from the text how we should look as Christians. God speaks much about us and how we should love us. Acknowledge and he's our father. We call us sisters and brothers. John 13, 34, Christ commands it. So let's love each other, y'all. His word is the standard. Romans 12, 10, pursue to outdo one another. And giving up honor to whom you view as your brother. Build one another up. Romans 14, 19, in a more intentional context, we call it discipling. We see it in the life of Jesus, teaching his disciples. Even people in the early church leaders in the Bible Galatians 5.13 Love through serving man That's more than I can fit in these bars It deserves a sermon But it don't start with the desires or comfortabilities And no dog, it's not inspired by your abilities It starts with the needs that you see in your community So roll up them sleeves when you see an opportunity To bear with one another's burdens is part of the mission Which means we gotta actually care enough to listen Now if this doesn't convince you Hit Galatians 6.2 And let the text give you the facts regarding this issue yeah we know that the English word church translates the Greek word ecclesia which uh, means literally
literally those who are called out of the world. So in that meaning for church in the New Testament, ecclesia means that the church is 